Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. As you can see, per my normal, we have lots of props. You're welcome. I'm a visual guy, and uh, so if you're like in this triangle over here, you're going to have a hard time. If y'all are the only ones that have permission to go ahead and move right now and go get coffee. Everybody else is trapped. Um, I, like, I like props. I'm a visual kind of person. I would argue that most people are probably visual people because I guess I've, I've learned that your subconscious actually only works. Whenever you're dreaming about this sermon, you're welcome. Um, yeah, but uh, so <clears throat> today, uh, you know, I, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, the idea of discernment. Um, and, you know, it takes me back to whenever I was in sales, uh, working uh, with a heating and air company, and uh, I was managing all of the various Home Depot relationships across Atlanta. And, um, you know, if you've ever gotten a hot dog from Home Depot, I was probably part of the cause of that. Has anybody gotten hot dogs from Home Depot before? Yeah, somebody in their infinite wisdom figured that one out. I don't, I don't quite understand like how things are brought about, but at uh, some point, you know, they figured out that hot dogs would get people to stop to talk to us. Uh, and, and so for those of you that are in business and sales, right, it's, it's working off of the theory of reciprocity, right, where, or some people call it the theory of obligation, where if I give you something, naturally you want to give me something in return. Like, that's how that works. So if you're not giving something away and you're in sales, then you're probably missing out on some business. There's your free business advice. Thank you. Have a good day. Um, yeah, so we, we figured out nasty hot dogs, man. Like, that's what got people to want to buy $10,000 air conditioners, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it never failed. Like, every time that we did it, we did it every Saturday that the weather permitted. Um, we would give away nasty hot dogs. And so... What, what would never fail for us, though, is that there would always be somebody that came up at some point, and they would ask the piercing question, what's in that hot dog? I'm like, listen, it's nasty meat in a tube. I mean, like, come on, like, for real, we're not out here, it's a free hot dog from Home Depot, Right? We're not selling Hebrew National or whatever the good stuff is. Like, these are nasty Walmart brand hot dogs. We, I mean, like, they're not even sure what the ingredients are. Right? Like, <laughs> it just is what it is, right? There's, there's a lot of things in our life that we need to be able to discern between, but the free hot dogs at Home Depot either take it or move on. But don't waste my time with what is the hot dog made of. Nobody knows the answer to that one, right? But discernment's, discernment's one of my favorite things to talk about because it doesn't matter what denomination you come from, what background you come from, like everybody believes in the gift of discernment, right? Everybody believes in the gift of discernment. And uh, for those of you who are like highly Pentecostal, y'all are my favorite to talk to um, because some, some Pentecostals, it's fun because they'll come up real proud of their gift of discernment. 
right? And, and it'll be like, they'll have to prove it to you. And so that's always a fun conversation when that happens. Because like, they come over and you start talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It inevitably goes to 1 Corinthians 12 and then into discernment. And you're like, all right, everybody's got this gift. This is awesome. And so now they have to prove it to you. And so they're like looking around the room and they're like, oh, you see her crying? My gift of discernment tells me something's wrong with her. Like, mm, you got two eyes and a brain. I think everybody in here knows that there's something wrong with her. Like, <laughs> discernment, that's not what discernment is. Discernment, it says it's the discerning of Samuel, where uh, Samuel is, is anointing David king, right? And he's trying to figure out who's going to be king. All right, God tells him, he says, don't look at the outward appearance as man does, but look at the man's heart. Look at the spirit behind, and that's where we need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives to help us to discern the spirit behind things. Because, you know, I, I'm sure that you've never had this happen to you where somebody will tell you what you want to hear, but it's really because there's an ulterior motive. Right? Like, we, we have to be willing to discern the spirit of things. You know, sometimes uh, discerning the spirit of things could be like, you know, discerning what movie you're going to go watch. Right? Sometimes you don't have necessarily a, a good pinpointing answer on why I'm not going to go see this movie, but I will go see this movie. Well, for those of you who pray about a lot of different areas in your life, sometimes the Lord will give you a spirit of discernment on a movie to go watch. I'm not even making that up. Right? Because sometimes there are spirits behind things that you can't necessarily see right away. And so you need a spirit of discernment on your life. You need the gift of discernment to flow through you so that you can make decisions that are in order for your life that are going to bring about the greatest benefit that God wants for your life. So we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 16 today. We're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 16 today. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that idea of discernment, but specifically discernment within relationships, okay? Now, as I set this up, uh, we, we need to understand that Paul and Timothy, I'm sorry, Paul and Silas are going around and, um, you know, one of the reasons why I picked this passage is because Paul and Silas had to be really good. They traveled all over the place, uh, talking to different people, and they were there for short periods of time. And so they had to be able to figure out relationships pretty fast, um, right? If you're only there for a week, you need to know who's for you, who's against you, and who is just coming alongside of you for a little bit, right? Who's for you, who's against you, and who's just coming alongside of you. And, th and that's what I think that we can see with Paul and Silas because they had to have that gift of discernment, I believe, uh, in order to assess the situation quickly. And so uh, the other thing that I want to do is go through just a little bit of understanding the culture that they are stepping into because they're going into the, the city of uh, Philippi. And so uh, you have to understand that this is a Roman colony, right? Which means that uh, if you look at a Roman colony, anybody that was colonized by Rome, the goal of that colony was to be basically identical to Rome. So you'd have all of the same culture, all of the same government, all of the same theology, right? Because what they wanted was that for anybody who was traveling and would go into that city, Rome wanted those people to know that if you happen to stop in Philippi and you've never visited Rome, you're going to know exactly what Rome is like, 
Okay, that was the point of colonizing these cities. And so uh, keeping in mind that part of the uh, civilization um, uh, in in that area, part of that culture uh, and theology was that Caesar was considered one of the gods. He was a son of the gods, and he wanted to be worshipped. Okay, he, he wanted to be worshipped, and so he claimed on his coins and whatever, a son of the gods. Um, and in fact, uh, if you remember this in scripture, uh, whenever Peter is talking before the Sanhedrin, and, and he says, there's no other name given by which men can be saved except by that of Jesus Christ. Like, if you remember that phrase, well, Peter's not actually the first person that said that. Caesar is about himself. And so what Peter was actually doing was he was directly attacking the governing authorities that he was in front of, saying, I know who you're serving. I know the God that you're serving, but I'm serving a different God. You're serving Caesar, but I'm serving Jesus. And so if we can understand that, then then we can understand that Paul and Silas, as they enter into Philippi ready to spread the gospel, they are stepping into enemy territory, it's not a safe place, so they need coming alongside of us for a little Pretty dang quickly, who's for us, who's against us, and who's just coming alongside of us for a little while. So let's go into uh, Acts chapter 16, uh, starting out in verse 14. It says, a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, I made that pronunciation up, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Now, some translations say she persuaded us. All right, so ultimately, Lydia comes along and she hears the word of the Lord and uh, she is pierced to the heart, which is in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that y'all can be pierced in the heart uh, today by this message. And, and so Lydia, she comes to them. And what I love about this is, is she says, if you have judged my actions, basically is what she's saying. If you've judged what, what I've done so far to be faithful to the Lord, if you feel like you can trust me, if you can discern that you can trust me, then I want you to come into my house and I'm going to take care of your needs. I'm going to take care of you while you're here. I want you to know that you can trust me. And I think in that moment, right, the Lord had to give them a spirit of discernment to know she's, she's, she's proving out to be faithful to us. And what I love about this too is that, you know, she, they went and stayed at her house with her family. You know, some of the most uh, interesting conversations happen around a dinner table, right? Like sometimes you're sitting on the couch or whatever and you're half asleep and those are whenever your craziest thoughts come out, right? And you're like, I didn't even know I could think about that kind of stuff, but it's coming out right now because I'm tired and I'm hungry and, and I'm on the road traveling, right? And so she's, she's taking them in and, and, and now they're willing to be able to say, I, I'm going to trust you with my tired thoughts, Right? And, and I think that what we're going to find is that we need people that we can trust with our tired thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Say amen if you're awake. That as we're going... Thank you. Let's go to verse 16. It happened that as, we're go, as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bond servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. That sounds right, right? She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned, right? She's been doing it for many days, 
Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Here's what's interesting, right? I mean, if you look at what she said, you know, these are servants of the most high God, right? She's saying the right things. She's saying the right things, but this is where that discernment comes in. This is where that spirit of discernment comes in. The gift of discernment, it it goes into overdrive in this moment, right? And she's been following him around for many days, and we can only speculate as to why Paul had allowed her to stay around for so many days as it was. But at some point, his spirit of discernment kicked in, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, I know what this woman is saying. I know it sounds good, right? But it's actually from an evil spirit. There's an ulterior motive behind this, and it needs to be cast out and away from me. And so he does just that. He casts out that spirit, and he sees through what other people could see, and supernaturally he sees into into that spiritual world and says, no, 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 this isn't right. You need to get out of here, right? Let's go into this last passage, and then we'll start pulling all of this apart a little bit more. And this is going to be uh, uh, the longest passage that I have. This is the third category, okay? We figured out who's for us, who's against us. Let's look at this third category. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them uh, into the marketplace, I'm sorry, And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or observe, being Romans. Right? We remember that because they're a Roman colony. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the jailer awoke, and the prison doors opened. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. This last verse isn't up on the screen, but I'm going to jump down to verse 40 here. And then it says, they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. Right? These are the people, the jailer and the prisoners. These are the people that they just journeyed alongside for a little bit, right? So we have three categories of people, right? We have three categories. We have those who are for us, those who are against us, and those who were just journeying alongside. And, and so we can finally see where, where Paul and Silas are in the jail and they're, they're singing out. They're actually ministering, right? They're ministering to themselves. They're ministering to the people around us, which reminds us. I think it's a great reminder. If you're going through trials right now, if you're going through hard times right now, number one, you need to be ministered to. And number two, you need to be ministering to others because you're never too low to be able to minister to others as well. 
right? But he, he understood, they understood in a moment that, you know what, there's still people here around us that maybe they're not for us, maybe they're not against us, but we do have these people that we are journeying alongside, and right now we are stationary, but we're journeying alongside of them. They are a part of this journey for now. And that's the jailer, his household, and the prisoners that were with them. Now, as we start to unpack this a little bit, like I, 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 want, I want, let's call one volunteer up at a time. Give me one volunteer. Come on, Alan. I apologize in advance for whoever gets the next couple. All right. Um, so, Alan, Alan's going to be, he's going to be my Lydia. Hey, Lydia. With a beard. <laughs> right. The bearded woman, right? Okay, so <laughs> that's not right. We're going to just keep on preaching. So, <laughs> right, so uh, here's what we have. We have Lydia, right? And, and what I love about this is she says, listen, if you've judged me to be faithful, then come stay at my house. I want you to be able to trust me, but listen, I, I'm going to put this ball in your court right? You're the one that needs to be able to pray and decide, can you trust me? Hanging around, I'm listening to the... For me, you know, maybe Alan is, is that guy for me, where he's like, listen, I, I'm, I'm hanging around, I'm listening to the word of the Lord, and, and if you've judged my actions to be faithful, then I want you to come hang with me. I want you to be in my inner circle. Now, here's the thing about the inner circle. Here's the thing about the people that are for you, okay? These are the people that it doesn't matter what you're going through, right? It doesn't matter if you're failing, right? If I'm falling down, the people in my inner circle, the people that are for me, right? So I'm going to fall down. I, I debated whether I should fake fall, but then that turned into a real fall and that wouldn't work out for me, right? So if you fall down, pick me back up. Come on, right? So these are the people that are going to pick me back up. These are the people that are for me. If you fall down, go ahead, fall down, right? Then I'm going to be able to pick you back up. That was the lamest pickup that I've ever done, but that's all right. It'll work, right? These are the people that are going to pick each other up, right? They're in your inner circle. They are for you. Everybody say for you. For Actually change that. Say for me. for me. There you go. It's more personal for you now, right? So here's the thing. They are for you, right? And it's not just whenever you're going through hard times though, right? This is where things get tricky because there are going to be people that are willing to help you up, but they're not for you. I left the silence there so you could think about that for a second. Like, there are going to be people in your life who are willing to pick you up at times, but they are not for you necessarily. This is where you have to judge and discern their actions to be faithful. There are going to be those people, though, that are for you. And one of the ways that you can tell if they are for you is really whenever you're succeeding in life. Because people that are not for you don't want you to succeed, they want to help you up back to your feet, but they don't want you above them. People that are for you, whenever you get promoted past them, are still giving you a high five in the break room. See, you need people in your life that aren't just there to watch you fall, but are also there to watch you succeed. Those are people that are for you. Let me get another volunteer. Yeah, come on up, Stephen. I apologize in advance. <laughs> come on over this way. Then we've got the slave girl with the spirit of divination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
or God, the slave girl with the spirit of divination. Here's the thing. These people are against you. Okay, and, and they may not come right out and say it, right? And, and here's the thing, okay? So just so that we can have proper Christian empathy, uh, these, a lot of times, there are people, people are, we are going to see be Christians, they can be Christ followers. They, I believe that some of these people are, we are going to see in heaven one day, right? I do. I believe that some of the people that are going to be against you in this life, they are actively working against you. It's really because they come from a, a, a place of brokenness. They come from a place where they were not loved properly, uh, where they were maybe rejected throughout life, where they've experienced a lot of tragedy in their life. Man, these can be Christian people. They can be people that love Jesus, but unfortunately, through a series of events, they have chosen to allow themselves to be oppressed by the enemy, right? And so I don't know if y'all know, but there's a difference between oppression and possession, right? Possession can't happen to Christians. You are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, nothing else can possess you. However, you can be oppressed by the enemy, by, by evil spirits. If you align your heart with other things that are outside of God, you align your heart with demonic influences, well, guess what? They can influence you to change the course of your actions to do whatever it is that they want you to do. And so even though you could be uh, of a good place, unfortunately, you've given over to some demonic influences in your life. And this is where a spirit of discernment really comes in handy. Because a lot of times what you'll find is, is that they'll, they'll say a lot of good things, but then what they're ultimately doing is, right, if Stephen is telling me how awesome of a guy I am, right, he's telling me, man, Brantley, you're the best preacher, you know, and like I could tell that you've been lifting weights this week, and I'm like, man, thanks, you know, I have been doing a couple of push-ups, you know, and, and, and you know, all of this, right? He's, he's telling me all these things that I want to hear, and, and here's the thing, though, is that ultimately, if it's coming from an evil spirit, he's going to be using words in order to kind of separate me, actually, from my inner circle. He's going to be trying to separate me from the people who are for me. Because the ultimate uh, desire of an enemy, because if you go back to Genesis, you'll remember where uh, God sees Adam in the garden by himself and he says, it is not good for man to be alone, right? So now all of a sudden the enemy wants to work to separate me from those who are closest to me. And so by telling me all of the things that I want to hear, he can get closer and ultimately now start driving a wedge between me and the other people that are actually for me because I need those people that are for me. Right? And so what we have to be willing to do is be able to have that spirit of discernment, that gift of discernment, and say, I'm sorry, I know that you're telling me some good stuff, but unfortunately, I want you to come right over here. Right? Unfortunately, I need you to go over here and be cast out. You're not making funny faces, are you? All right. I need you to be cast out. And, and this can look a lot of different ways, okay? It, it can because, you know, uh, I, I had somebody reach out, and I'm not saying that she had an evil spirit or something like that, but I, I am guarded, all right? So I had, I had a lady that I haven't seen or heard from. She went to an old church of mine. She reached out talking about how she's going through a divorce and, you know, through Facebook messenger, right? And, and, you know, then she's, then the conversation starts getting weird. 
And she's like, do you remember me, question mark? And I'm like, I sure do. I, I, I mean, like, I remember you, but I don't know you. So I tell you what, the next message she got was from me and my wife saying, hey, listen, if you want prayer for divorce, I know this awesome woman who is my wife who would be happy to pray for you, but I'm not going to. Some of y'all dudes in here need to know that women that are hitting you up on Messenger, some of y'all ladies in here that have guys hitting you up on Messenger, y'all need to know, like, there could be an evil spirit there that's telling you things that you want to hear just so they can drive a wedge between you and the person that is for you. And you've got to be willing to say, no, I ain't playing that game. Right? And, and so here's, here's kind of what this looks like, though. Maybe this person has, has hurt you. Like you're recognizing, man, this is somebody, man, it's, it's fitting kind of the categories. They told me all the things that I want to hear. Like they sound awesome, but I, I, something just doesn't seem quite right. You need to listen to that thing that says something doesn't seem quite right. If you've got a, a family member, a spouse that's telling you something doesn't seem quite right with this person, pray about them. Do yourself a favor and pray. Lord, show me. Is there something that I need to be aware of, right? Sometimes these are the people that, you know, it's, you've been going through this, and, and they've already driven the wedge in between you and the people that are for you, and, like, you've already seen all this happen. They've already hurt you. They've already aggressively manipulated you, right? And, and so what you have to be willing to do is say, I'm sorry, but you can't be around me anymore. And, and hear me when I say this. I'm not saying just go and start cutting everybody out of your life. Here's the thing, right? So the people that are for you make up about less than 1% of the people that you encounter. Less than 1% of the people that you encounter are going to be for you. Less than 1% of the people in your life. Less than 1% are people that you need to actively cut out of your life. So don't go cutting 45% out of your life because then you're going to end up being lonely and afraid, Okay. That's not what I'm saying. And, but here's what I am saying, okay? Because a lot of people will say, no, the Bible tells me that I just need to, you're a good person. I just need to forgive you over and over and over and over and oh, forgive 70 times seven. So you, a lot of people will tell you, you have to forgive or have boundaries. It's not forgive or have boundaries. It's, listen, I understand that I am probably going to see you in heaven. I, I believe that Jesus is inside of you, but right now you haven't, been, you, you haven't been in my life to be for me, and I can tell that there is a spirit that does not want the best for me. And so I love you so much. I forgive you for everything. I promise. I forgive you. But you don't need access into my life anymore. You don't need to see into my life you don't need to be able to reach into my life. You don't have to be a part of my life anymore. The next time I see you, it'll be in heaven. I forgive you, right? You can't just, here's what it can't be, okay? It can't be like, oh, snap, they hurt me. I'm done. <laughs> and, then, and then label the wall forgiveness, right? Well, there you go. I'm labeling this wall forgiveness. Have a nice day. Like, that's not what it is. You forgive and then put up the boundary. You forgive and then put up the boundary. You know, people that say that, like, 
you just have to forgive over and over and over again and keep putting yourself in harm's way, right? These people, like they, that they say that, I, I associate them with people that handle snakes, right? <laughs> I'm being half funny, half serious. Because here's the thing, like there's scripture that says that, you know, people that believe in Jesus will be able to be bitten by vipers and they're not going to die. And so you have this whole group of people that are out there waving rattlesnakes around saying, all right, well, let's play with rattlesnakes and harass them and hope I don't die. That's stupid. <laughs> like, I think God gave us a brain for a reason, like we don't need, just because we can have respect for the snake and pray that the times that we don't see what's coming, the times that we, we happen to get bitten by, by those snakes, right? The, the, the times that that happens in our lives, we can pray for healing and that kind of stuff happens, emotional healing. Healing for our family because we've been bitten. This dragon has risen up against us. That we didn't see coming. We can pray for healing for that. And Jesus is going to be faithful to heal us. But that doesn't mean that if you see that dragon, you keep going over to the dragon. You say, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to be mean. I forgive you. I love you. But we just can't keep doing this. We just can't keep doing this. And that's less than 1%. Let me have one more volunteer. Come on, Chip. I want you on this side of the... Can I get you to move over here? Yep. Chip is the majority of people that we have in our lives. Okay? These are the people who... He's not necessarily for you. He's not against you. He's somebody that we've come along to journey alongside with for a period of time. This is 99% of the people that you're going to have in your life. I need you to understand that because this is where a lot of church people actually get hurt. Okay, because what I love about this is, is that for a period of time, like you can see into my life, I can see into your life, like we can reach across, like you could hand me your glasses if I needed your specific prescription. I don't know why that would ever happen, but like we could, <laughs> we can benefit from each other for a period of time. But at some point, honestly, Chip, you're going to keep on going and I'm going to keep on going. And I'm, I don't know, I may never hear from you again, Right. That's the 99%. We're just journeying alongside of them. And this is where it gets confusing, though, because here's the thing, right? If I fall down right here, right, Chip, can you reach over and help me a little bit? Yep, you can help me a little bit. Perfect. And he's a lot stronger than I am. Um, yeah, so, like, he can help me a little bit, right? Where it gets confusing is, is whenever you don't understand what category people fit in and you don't have that spirit of discernment that God wants to be able to give you, then all of a sudden what happens is, is you fall down over here and Chip's over there and you're like, Chip, man, help. Why, Chip, why aren't you helping me? Come on, help. Right? He, he can't. He's in a different category. Right? He's able to help and you're able to benefit each other Whenever the, whenever the circumstances are right, you can benefit each other. But see, that's, that's not Chip's role in my life. Chip's role in my life is that we are journeying alongside each other for a period of time, and we can benefit each other while we're here. We can see into each other's lives. He's a good person. I'm a good person. It is what it is. But there are times whenever I fall or there are times whenever I need to be lifted up, 
And you know who I need to turn to? I need to turn to the people that are for me. And I know that Alan here, he's in that category. He is for me. But see, this is where things really get complicated. And and I just want to hit on this because whether you are at this church, whether you're at another church, I feel like this is a message that you really need to understand. Chip, let's switch places. I'm going to take my water bottle. I'm going to take one more drink. All right. So, so far, this whole sermon has been, you know, about me. All right. <laughs> but let's, let's switch places for a minute, okay? Chip, it's now about you, okay? What I think that most people get lost in in church is this idea that, well, Chip, I want to benefit you. I'm a pastor here at Momentum. I want to benefit you. I want to help you. I'm seeing into your life. You get to see into my life. You know what, Chip? As a pastor here, you help me out sometimes, right? And, and so, but honestly, what ends up happening, though, is that at some point, you fall way over there. Yep, perfect. You fall, and then you're looking at me, going, hey, help, help. And I'm like, bro, I can't help you. And then you get mad. And it's like, dang it, man, those pastors, those pastors let me down. No, 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 no. You need the spirit of discernment in your life because we were never in that category to begin with. We are in a category, you can stand up. We were in a category that says that we are here to journey alongside of you and, and sometimes it, it, the resources are right. The timing is right. The, the, the proximity is right. And we're able to, to really help you ourselves, right? But it gets confusing at times. Because, man, listen, I, I, I'll speak for myself. Like, I know I get accused of being a robot. I love y'all. I do. And whenever I hear that your marriage is failing... Whenever I hear that you've fallen back into addiction, whenever, whenever I hear that, that you've been suffering from serious depression, you know how badly I want to fix that? Man, I, I'm a fixer. I don't know about you, but like, I want to fix. I want to fix things. And if I see an opportunity where I'm like, oh, man, like, I, could, I could fix that. Sometimes everything lines up and it's right and I'm able to help. Sometimes various staff members, like I said, I don't care if you go to this church or some other church, it's going to be right for that staff member, that church to be able to reach down and help. But honestly, if you put us in the right category, you understand that it's like, man, I need to turn to the people that are for me right now. I need to turn to my inner circle of people to help because they can't help right now. That's, that's not it. Chip, can you have, let's just say, 500 people in your inner circle? How could you think that, that a pastor on staff, a staff member, could have 500 people that they're on their inner circle? It can't work that way. It's just logically, it's not possible. Fellas, y'all can have a seat. Thank you so much. 
It's just not possible. But I think this is honestly where a lot of church people get upset. This is where a lot of church people get hurt is because you don't understand. You know, listen, a lot of times, like, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to discern the dragons, right? Those dragons in your life that rise up, at some point, you're like, nah, this is going down a bad path. Even if you suffer from Stockholm Syndrome, like, you even realize, nah, this is pretty bad. These are dragons in my life that need to be cut out. These are people that are against me. They are not for me. But the hardest people to understand and discern in your life are actually the people that you're just journeying alongside of for a time. Man, those are people in your life that you need to understand. You need to relish the time that you have with them. Understand where you can benefit from them and where you can benefit them. Right? That's what it should be. I remember a youth pastor telling me whenever I started dating, he said, Brantley, I want to give you some, some relational advice. And, and, and this went beyond just dating relationship. This went into all of my working relationships. That every relationship you enter into... You need to leave from that relationship with that person feeling like they have benefited from you. Like like that relationship was a benefit. Even if it ended, it was still a benefit to them. That's, That's what we gotta be able to understand is, man, we can benefit at this wall. We can benefit at this category. But not everybody in this category is actually in the for me category. And that's okay. If we're being realistic with ourselves, we have to understand some people just aren't in the same category in our lives. And you need to find the people that can be for you. For you. Not for what you're about not for what you can do for them, but just because innately they want to see you thrive in Jesus' name. And if you don't have that this morning, maybe you've gone through a series of rejection in your life. Maybe you've gone through a series of of distrust in your life. You're like, I don't know how to trust anybody anymore. I'm going to start by praying for you that you can find those people. Maybe that you can identify your first person that is for you this week. That's what I want to pray for you. I I, I want to be aggressive in my prayer. And I want to pray that if, if you agree with me, if that's you and you agree with me, I want to pray that you find your first inner circle person, your first for me person this week. Let's pray. If that was you that I was just talking about, I want you to raise your hand. All right. If that's you, keep your hand raised if you want me to pray that prayer for you. Because listen, you've got to agree with this. If you don't agree with it, these prayers don't mean anything. God, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray for these people with their hands raised, God. Lord, you saw them 20 years ago, God. You saw whatever happened 15 years ago. You saw whatever happened last week, God. And in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you can break down the walls of mistrust, God. I pray that you can break down the walls of rejection, God. Lord, that you can open up their spiritual eyes, God, to illuminate somebody this week that they know they can have on their their inner circle, God. 
It could be a spouse. It could be a friend. It could be somebody they've never met before. But in the name of Jesus, God, I pray, I pray that they can find somebody, at least one person this week that they can identify as being for them, not for what they're about, not for what they can do for them, but just for them. God, I pray for these people here today, God, all of the people in this room, Lord. God, help us to have a spirit of discernment. Help us, God, give us that gift of discernment, Lord, so that we can identify those dragons in our lives, Lord, the, the, the spirits that are not for us, God, but they are against us. Even if they're telling us all the right things, God, Lord, give us that check in our spirit, that thing that says something's not right here. Lord, and, and give us a, a, a very specific discernment, God, so that we can know how to act properly, so we can know how to live like Jesus would have wanted us to live, how we can forgive and set a boundary if we need to. Lord, and help us to identify all of the people that are in the third category, God, the majority of the people that we are going to encounter, Lord. Help us to celebrate these people while they are here in our lives. God, help us to benefit them and help them to benefit us, God, but help us to keep them in the proper category so that we don't accidentally get hurt. We love you, God. We thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.